1: welcome to the milk bar welcome along to episode 659 of the milk bar jason forrest here with you as ever and coming up on the show this week we'll be hearing from 1448 about their takeover for kids we'll also be finding out what's going on with huggle as they're working alongside the rspb on a couple of projects we will also be talking to eddie johnson He has a director's cut of his Breaking the Tranquility of Solitude on the way and all three parts of the trilogy out there. Now, on top of that, Fellowship Players have their current production on stage, talking to them about what's going on there. And we'll be hearing about the Wolverhampton Film Festival that's coming up later this year. That's all on the way on the show this week. (laughs) The Fellowship Players are in action right the way through to the 12th of February with Nobody's Perfect. It's taking place at the Grange Playhouse in Warsaw. tell us more, I'm joined now by Rod Bissett. Hello, sir. Hello. How is your world? Very
2: tiring at the moment. We, we're, we're three shows in, but we've had three lovely audiences so
1: far, so everything's going grand for that. So tell us a bit about the show itself, because this is it's, it's a good bit of fun to be part of, isn't it?
2: Oh, it's been fantastic fun to be part of so far. So we see the story of Leonard Loftus, one of life's natural losers. Mm-hmm. And all he wants to do in life is, is just write stories for people. And so he enters a competition, which he wins.
3: He so a
2: deal. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's decided to enter a competition for female-only writers. Ah. And so ends up having to pretend to be his own aunt, in order to secure the deal and the money.
1: Okay, so there is there is intrigue, there is plots, there is a gender identity which wouldn't allow him to be able to do it with a good conscience. So, th- this is going to be uh, a good gig. So, are we talking full on comedy here? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> from from sh- as soon as the curtain's up, we we
2: want you guys to be laughing and just taking in the absurdity of all that you see. Okay, so tell us about your role in the show. So I play Leonard Loftus. You are the star. I I I am I am one of four stars. I am not taking the I am not taking the full credit, but yes, it is about me. So let's not forget that. Um, and yeah, so we're we're starting off seeing how Leonard, who's a he's a statistician, he loves his facts, he loves his figures, he loves his daughter as wayward as she might be. He's trying to love his father as wayward as he can be. Um, we also meet the publisher, a lovely lady called Harriet Copeland, who he's thinking he might find love with, but also trying to convince her that no, no, his aunt, a rather weird lady called Myrtle Banbury, does actually exist.
1: And also doesn't really want any of the public eye, which of course is going to make this an amazingly uh, entertaining, and I'm going to guess a bit farce-like. Is that the genre you think this is going to fit into? I, it...
2: We've had this discussion at the theatre. We're trying to work out if it's full-on farce or just straight-up daft comedy. So we think we're fitting nicely in between, but we're we're just looking for anyone who's just wanting to laugh for two 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 and a half hours and just forget about everything else in the world.
1: An absolutely amazing gig. Well, tell us a bit about the Fellowship Players, then, because you're a group I haven't spoken to before, even though I know uh, some of your members. Mm. So... They are located at the Grange Playhouse. They sort
2: of share the site with the Grange players. Mm -hmm. um, And they put on four shows every year, um, ranging from comedies to dramas to thrillers. um, And are made up of a bunch of absolutely lovely volunteers who all just want to put on shows and entertain people.
1: And I mean, uh, obviously, I, I, I know several people, you're coming from all over the Midlands, based in Walsall, but uh, uh, you've got people in Wolverhampton and and uh, all around Brougham and, and the lot, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've got people who are
2: coming all the way over from Lichfield. I, myself, I come from Erdington. We've got people who are on the doorstep and everywhere in between. Um and we all just come on down just to have a laugh, pursue our hobby, and
1: entertain people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it is about sharing that, that, that mirth, that smile, and after the two years that we've had where this hasn't been as easy to make possible, actually, it's great to be doing this with real audiences. And as you have already said, David, you, you're, you're several shows in, and they are loving every minute of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've, because of you know, one, one thing and another, and things that are going on in the world, which I won't dare speak its name, <laughs> Our audiences have been a little bit lower than we've hoped, but we understand that because there's still a lot of concern and worry about what's going on. So we're just first entertaining those that want to turn up and at the same time saying to people, look, we are as safe as we can possibly be. Come on down, enjoy yourself, see that you've got nothing to worry about and just enjoy yourselves for a couple of hours.
1: Absolutely. It's going to be well worth putting a smile on everybody's faces. And that's going to help us all both physically and mentally. Uh, you Not only do you get the, the laughter muscles going, I mean, the, yeah, I think you can you can build a six-pack just by giggling, can't you? I think that's how it works. Uh, we, we
2: have um, many people leaving f- full-on muscles when they didn't have any before. So we, we,
1: we may put that on the poster. Yeah, there you go. It's a, it's a workout, uh, both of the body and mind. You'll absolutely love and adore it. Uh, so give us a, a few bits on, on, the, on the rest of your cast as well. Name check a few people. Okay, so... We have got uh, a lovely
2: chap called Roger, who's playing Gus, who is my father, who's trying to absolutely grow old disgracefully. <laughs> he's just trying to carry on living the single life until the, the Zimmer frame takes him. He's recently been kicked out of his retirement home because of an incident that we, we can't talk about, but <laughs> he's now stuck living with his son. We've also got a lovely girl called Charlotte, who plays Dee Dee, who's my daughter throughout the play, who's as wayward and cantankerous as her grandfather. It obviously seems that um, excitement and adventure skip a generation, and it well and truly skipped poor old Leonard Loftus. (laughs) And then finally, we have a a fellowship newcomer called uh, Helen, and she is playing Harriet Copeland, who is one of the publishers at the, uh, at the publishing house, who is sort of taken in by this whole story of this mysterious aunt with a, an amazing knack for writing romantic fiction.
1: So if you want to get yourself along to see this, it sounds like absolutely awesome fun. As you say, it runs through until the 12th of February. You need to find the Fellowship Players first. How do we do that? So we
2: are located just outside of Warsaw on the Broadway North Road. mm mm-hmm. So if any of our listeners know of the Arboretum, we're next door. Okay. Um, There is signage outside. You will see a road sign saying Grange Playhouse. Basically, find the Arboretum. Don't turn in there. Turn in just before, and you will find us.
1: Okay. So where do we get tickets then?
2: So you can go through the Fellowship Players website, which is fellowship-players.co.uk, Mm -hmm. And you can buy tickets through there. We have a a box office number that people can ring and secure their tickets. Or, excuse me,
1: you can turn up on the door and say, we demand tickets. Okay, as long as you offer money at the same point, how much does it cost to get in? It's a measly £10 a ticket to see almost BAFTA-worthy
2: entertainment.
1: I think that's. I you're probably better than BAFTA, to be fair. I've seen some of the things that would have would not not liked in the past, so I, I'm, <laughs> going to, I'm going to guess you're up there and, and above, to be honest. Give us the phone number for the box office. So our box office would
2: be uh, 01922 630495.
1: Okay, so it's Warsaw number 63049501922, the code for that if you're dialing from outside of Warsaw or on your mobile phone. And uh, you can go along and enjoy uh, an an evening of entertainment. What time does the show start? We kick off at
2: 7.45 every night and we finish around about 10 o'clock or when we're all exhausted, whichever comes first.
1: Okay, well that seems an awfully sociable time to start as well. 7.45 gives you a chance to have tea before you turn up and everything.
2: Well, we do have a fully stocked bar as well there, so more very than just to, yeah. to be
1: sociable. Yeah, that's the way to do it. it sounds like a brilliant, fun thing to do. It's going to be awesome. I am absolutely sure. For those who've seen it already, they already know they are, they are experienced in the madness and the mirth that is involved in this production from the fellowship players. Nobody's perfect at the Grange Theatre right the way through till the twelfth of February. Rod, right, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. The world of. 1448 is always a busy one. They sort of soldiered on through that massive pandemic thing that we've been doing, and they continue with their amazing work, including a bit of a family-friendly event which is on the way. It's going to be over in Leicester, but it is available globally as well, which includes us. So Bob Christ is going to tell me more. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, and I I I love the fact that you've even got branding absolutely everywhere for 1448, even as we speak. So um, <laughs> what is going on? Because it's it's, a, it's always a busy year. The the first half of the year seems to be busier than the latter part of the year normally so what, what's happening with this uh, event in Leicester?
3: Yeah yeah so uh, Takeover um, which is our young person sort of family orientated uh, festival so essentially we've got 16 young people who are writing four plays with uh, professional writers, theatre makers and um, once those plays have been written they get handed over to professional theatre makers who have just 10 hours to bring them to the stage
1: for a family audience and this is the thing, it's all about speed with this. And I think uh, more haste, less speed. I mean, I'm not sure, uh, but it, it actually works really well. Having loved everything I've seen at 1448 in Wolverhampton, in the, it's not so much family unfriendly, it's just that you will be challenging any topic and you never know what it's going to be until you start, do you? So it, 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 it's all about which direction you're going in first. But I mean, this, as I, I saw last, last year uh, online, and it's absolutely amazing.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the, the, the great thing about it is is it's not tokenistic. You know, we're working with young people and we're genuinely putting them in the driving seat of this because they're creating the scripts. So, you know, that's the starting point for everything. Um, they create the scripts and then they, you know, they work with, with adults who who have experience of making theatre to, to kind of push and challenge them a little bit and offer advice. But ultimately, they genuinely are saying, look, These stories are coming from you. These are your voices. These are your lines of dialogue. And I think then what happens as well for our actors is because you've got this intense period of turning this around, more so than at the adult festival, our actors really look at these scripts and say, I've got to learn every single line here. I don't want to, I don't want to paraphrase a single <laughs> word because this has been created by a young person. I don't I don't want to upset them. I don't want to break their heart by, <laughs> by getting by you know talking about a pastor when I should be talking about a carrot. I want to be absolutely precise in what I'm talking <laughs>
1: about. But, but you, you, you say adults. I mean, I have to admit, I've I've met pretty much everyone involved in 1448 and very much like myself, none of you really adults, we're all just of legal age. <laughs> uh, because it, it is about <laughs> entertaining, having fun, and and just really being massively creative. And and this whole time you're working with these kids, you're sneakily training them without them realising it.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like, anything like this. For me, you know, that's the importance of of having arts creativity in the curriculum in general. It's not about us wanting to necessarily make writers or theatre makers out of these young people, but it's giving them an opportunity to look at the world from different perspectives to challenge themselves uh, in the way that they're working as a team together, because ultimately they're working in like small teams of about four producing one script each, mm-hmm. you know, there's all these kind of different social skills that are going on the whole time. And it really does. I, I feel give you a much more rounded uh, sort of sensibility uh, in, in kind of, you know, those fundamentals of who you are as a person um, looking at things in different ways. And, and that's why this kind of project is so important as, as well as, you know, uh, giving them, I suppose, kind of uh, that feeling that their words are valued because we're ultimately putting them on the stage. You know, mm. um, so yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of developing people in in multiple ways, and and that's why we love it. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the, I think the, the other good bit as well. I mean, you you're actually introducing them to different people in a safe environment, so they know how to work with people, how to how to deal with strangers, how to spot who they want to talk to and who they don't. And you've got a, a, a much wider sort of social remit than you could ever possibly imagine just by putting a theatre group together. Because you You say you're giving them a voice and you're letting them have a say. And the joy that they must see when they see something of theirs on stage, it, it, it must be just, just so heartwarming for everyone involved. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you know, um,
3: I mean, it, it was a few years ago now, but still... Uh, Funding dependent, one of the pinnacles of, I think, what we've done with this kind of project was when we did the the international version and we did have Leicester, Wolverhampton and Seattle all linking up. And those plays were staged in in those three cities on one day. And, you know, that that feeling of taking a group of young people and basically saying to them, right, overnight, your plays have been produced and now you're an international playwright Mm -hmm. who's had their work on, on stage in, you know, not only three cities, but two countries is, yeah. Um, so, you know, not to downplay what we're doing right now because it's, it's flipping amazing doing it in Leicester and putting it yeah. on the internet and having that international reach still. But, um, you know, yeah, uh, that, that's our aim is to keep that kind of, that uh, sense of community going, uh, across, across borders, across countries, um, across people.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed financially and pandemic things won't uh, uh, limit that creativity in the future. And it'd be great to take a load of kids from Wolverhampton or Leicester and even some of the you know, the more grown-up performers for the, the, the likes of for the, the full 1448 Festival and move them all around and and, and bring that sort of community together. And It's it's, it's about that community spirit and I, I think that is another way in which you should be applauded for everything that you do. We have 1448 Wolverhampton due a little later on this year. Give me a sneak preview of that before we talk about the details of how we find done this weekend's
3: Yeah, Um, so we've got a really packed year of of activity, Um, so because we're working with uh, three special schools in the the Leicester area um, and we're creating a a version that we're we're kind of loosely branding as SEND takeover at the moment, but that branding might change, but essentially that's going to be making inclusive multi-sensory performances for young people with uh, multiple complex learning disabilities, uh, all kinds of, of, of different needs. Um, so very kindly, the people at the arena have said, well, do you know what, given everything that's going on with the world at the minute, it would work better for us to not have the festival in June in Wolverhampton, let's move it to September. So we're we're working with schools in the, the June period, and then we'll have uh, the return of 1448 Wolverhampton at the arena theatre in September, which... really looking forward to because you know we we did the the kind of uh Leicester Wolverhampton crossover last summer which worked brilliantly but personally I miss going there because I wasn't there for that I was over here in Leicester um (laughs) for the Leicester leg of the festival um and then uh towards the very end of the year we've got a brand new uh program called uh Theatre Anonymous um and it's an adaptation of A Christmas Carol and so Theatre Anonymous is another thing that they do over in Seattle that we're we're borrowing um which is (laughs) which is a brilliant idea Basically all of the cast rehearsed one-on-one with the director. Nobody knows who the cast are, apart from a select group of that rehearsal team. So everyone comes to the performance dressed as characters for A Christmas Carol. And then when the character's first line comes up, they stand up in the audience and they get onto the stage. The next character's line comes up, they stand up and they get onto the stage. And slowly that story unveils before your eyes. And, you know, as an audience member, it's great because you don't know who's going to be, you know, you start to worry if you're in the play. <laughs> sitting there and, uh, but as that slowly unveils what happens is you get all of these magic moments that naturally happen in rehearsal that happen actors are genuinely in the moment because they've only just started acting with this person so you know it's, it's really like a one-off unique experience and it's literally a one-shot performance it's there it's gone and that's that so you know it's a real event for people to come to
1: that sounds absolutely brilliant so where's that one taking place
3: and that's going to be at Attenborough Art Centre as well on the 17th of December um, and we're hoping we'll be able to stream that as well but we're, we're still putting details together. It's been quite a quick turnaround thanks to the support of Attenborough, uh, you know the programming team here we had a conversation just before December about something that we'd had as a burning ambition for a while and in the back of our mind and uh, literally about two three weeks later we're kind of signing a contract to put that thing together so yeah we're moving quickly on that one which is great. Um, you know it's going to be an awesome uh, year
1: isn't it this is uh, I just love (laughs) the concept of that it sounds crazy Uh,
3: well if you get a chance um Seattle do a version of it's a wonderful life every year and I believe the live stream of that is still up um from this this Christmas um which is well worth watching um again it gives another kind of unique way of being able to cast people differently um so you know you're looking at different ways of telling that story and not just through the traditional sort of lens of what we see all the time. Um, so yeah, it, it's gonna be something that we can do a lot, of, a lot of fun things with.
1: So give us all the details of where people can find out what's going on with the Leicester takeover, and of course, to see all these things as they happen throughout 2022.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Simplest place is to head to our website, which is uh, all the numbers, 1448UK.com. Um, and then there's a forthcoming events page, which gives you information on every event um takeover's got a link on there for takeover 22 and if you head to that page that's where we'll be streaming it uh via our youtube channel on the day uh, so that's live at 6 p.m on sunday the 13th of february and it's suitable for a family audience so you can watch it with your kids
1: yeah well, so we're assuming it's gonna be i mean we know that's how you're going to make sure it is but who knows what can happen at the time it's all live but it'll be, no, it'll be fine it will be fine won't it
3: Oh, it will absolutely be fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so forty forty, 40, 40 eight is absolutely awesome. It's just amazing to be part of it. When you're in Wolverhampton, I want to come down to the, to first day again. I want to be there on the on the. Well, I'll, I'll let you do Thursday night. but I want to be there all day Friday again, if that's okay.
3: Oh yeah, that'd be great.
1: Right, we will do we'll do some some live stuff from down there. That'll be absolutely awesome.
3: For now, oh,
1: Chris, thank you for joining us.
3: All right, thank you, Jason.
1: The pets are continuing their work in the community. They're a wonderful organisation looking after pets across the region. Mike Dixon joins me now to let me know what's going on when it comes to a bit of birdwatching. Hello, sir.
4: Hello, mate. How are you?
1: I'm good. I trust the world is treating you well?
4: Yeah, yeah. Not too bad at all. Thank you.
1: So what's been going on down there? Because the overview is you've got all pets in the community. You've got the wonderful facility that uh, is accessible uh, to various groups throughout the year. And, of course, you have the shop as well, which is offering great value to people who are looking after their four-legged friends and ones with more or less legs, depending on what they are. So what, what, what is going on?
4: Uh, So at the moment, one of the recent uh, things we've been involved with is a big RSPB campaign um, about bird watching. Mm -hmm. So over um, a certain weekend, what they did was they were giving away free kits to children for a couple of reasons. One, to get them involved in nature and bird watching, but two, to do a bit of a, a rough survey about what British birds are in gardens at this time of year. Um, so we, we supported that by giving away some free um, fat ball packs to local schools. Um, and that campaign has been really great. So at the moment, the RSPB are now, there's, I think there's a deadline in a few days' time to get all that information back. And obviously then they'll publish a report. But from our point of view, we wanted to support that just to get kids more into nature and bird watching because we obviously deal with the, the pet side. Um, but a big part of it for us is just generally animals, getting children involved in nature, Um, So, yeah, we've supported that, and it looks like it's been a really good success for the RSPB.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, whether people are feeding birds throughout the winter months to make sure they've got uh, easily available food, or whether you've got a hedgehog house in your garden and you're keeping uh, wildlife in check that way. Uh, It it is all about that bigger picture. And the robin that turns up, that you think's the same one every year that might not be, uh, is uh, still effectively a a pet, pet, and you, you enjoy putting mealworms out for it, whatever happens, don't you?
4: Yeah, definitely. It's uh, iconic, the robin in winter especially. And uh, I think a lot of people have really got, especially because of the lockdowns and things, have spent more time in the garden. They've, they've drew a bit closer to birds and a bit of nature as well. Mm. So um, I think it's been really interesting to see the interest um, of people getting back into things like bird watching when maybe a few years ago it was almost a bit of a, an, a thing for older generations. Um, but I think kids are really getting excited about it. Absolutely, and it's, it's, it is literally on your
1: doorstep. And some people can't have pets, whether because of where they live or uh, allergies and the like. So there's there's always a reason to be able to see these things from a distance or through the window. And most of the time these creatures do look after themselves, but uh, as I, the, with the work the RSPV do each year to uh, monitor our birds in our gardens. And also it, the fact that we will go out there and we will put some food out for them. It, it is all about making sure that we are looking after our environment. And uh, so the same goes for uh, looking after ourselves too. Too. and the huggle pets of the community work is ongoing isn't it
4: yeah yeah so we're still in fact we're we're busier than ever um, we're, we're just approaching now into our third full year um of our bigger campaign which was which was partly funded by the national lottery mm-hmm. um we've managed to impact on thousands and thousands of children and adults alive so it's been it's been really rewarding but it's um it's fantastic for for us as well um because what we thought people needed and it's turned out that they they do need what we're offering but on a lot bigger scale in fact it's it's almost difficult for us to keep up with the demand that we're asked to help with um as you know as well last may for mental health awareness week, we got a visit from the duke and duchess of cambridge so Mm -hmm. that was um that was a big thing for us because it's not something we expected at all um but we received a couple of um peculiar phone calls um we and then had to go for that process, which is an experience. But that was great recognition of what we're doing and how we're doing it, and that the fact that it is impacting people. Um, we've recently uh, refurbished a new area to not just have our sensory aquarium, but uh, a new reptile room, um, mm-hmm. and we've just opened that um, sort of um, just to let people in, and see what they think, and gain some feedback before we do a big official opening um and it's gone down really well we've got jungle sounds in there we've got all sorts of different reptiles and creatures and the children are really uh, seem to be enjoying going in that room at the moment okay well
1: opening day or at least just before i want to come down and uh, and join you uh, for a look around that that will be jolly good to do and uh, that'd be great to be part of it because i mean you you are really uh, this is a community interest company hugglepest in the community uh it, it runs alongside the work that you do uh which allows you to have the site because obviously you've got to pay the bills somehow and having a physical store and this great uh, facility literally next door to it uh that allows you to, to do what you do and again you're a family-run business and uh, this is exactly the sort of business that i think everybody wants to support and and you're out there doing it and doing it on a, on a national recognizable scale you say you've got got royalty turning up last year and uh yeah, we, we've seen you on on adverts for the likes of ebay and things in the past so you know it, it, it is all about that whole the, the ethos that we want and the the the, the buying local which we want to do and, and looking after our community and this is exactly what you guys do with the work that you do down there
4: yeah, yeah, we do. We try. It, it, it's our main goal, really, to have a business that can support a section of our community as much as we can. Um, and for as long as we can, we'll, we'll continue to do it um, in the way that we are. So it's got family ethos of our business pushes through and hopefully helps and gives back to our community. We're not just um, a typical business, um, which is which is just standing alone, just there for profit We, whatever we do. Um, in, in, on our profit-making side certainly supports our non-for-profit side and gives back to the community Yeah, well, it is,
1: even if he's only paying the rent for the building to allow you to do it, that, that's the, the the sort of thing that, that makes a difference and, and allows and facilitates the great facilities that you have So, uh, you know, it, it is good and uh, it, it, it's nice to see uh someone doing well and you know, someone at the heart of our city getting that national recognition that you have over the last 12 months so that that's I mean we've been talking about this uh, for, for more than three years uh was we were talking about this in the campaign and the run up to opening and, and the support that you had from across the community in addition to the national lottery uh as well as uh, you probably you don't talk about what you guys have put into this from a uh, from a personal hours and, and financial point of view either but there is an awful lot we should be thankful there too. So uh, congratulations on, on what you, Hannah, and the rest of the team do. So uh, where do we find you? Because if, we, if we're buying food for pets or bedding or, or, or actual pets themselves, we should be doing it through you guys, I feel. So where do we go? Uh,
4: so Huggle Pets, the store, uh, is on Cooper Street in Wolverhampton. So it's not far far from the Monmore Green racetrack um so the postcode is wv2 2jl so it's huggle pets cooper street wv2 2jl we're open seven days a week um monday to friday at 8 30 till 5 saturday 9 till 5 and sundays 10 till 2 um, you can also give us a call if you need any help or information on 01902 494860 and you've got some brilliant teams down there who,
1: who know about the mm-hmm. animals that you're helping to care for and, and are, are selling into their new family homes. So, you know, you can come down for the advice and yeah. uh, you'll only sell them as much as they need. No, there is yeah. no upsell Absolutely. for that hamster to have a 40-foot you know, long run <laughs> if it doesn't need it, uh, right. whereas you, you may feel you get that elsewhere. <laughs> you will make sure that, that you're getting the right thing and looking after the animals in the right way. And also, if somebody shouldn't have that animal in their environment, you will tell them so too.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very clear. I mean, obviously, we we have um, a, a license, an animal welfare license that we have to attain through the local um, council. So for us, it's really important that when that animal leaves us, it goes to the right environment. And if it's if for any reason at all, we it wouldn't be, then we would obviously give advice on how they can get that environment right. And until then, they wouldn't be allowed to take the animal. Um, but. Generally, most people, 99.9% are really receptive and they want the best. That's why they're there. They want a new member of their family. So, um, it's, yeah, it's not normally a big issue. Everyone's coming there with the right intentions. Mm-hmm. But you've got, you say that's
1: again, the <clears> ethos behind the business and the way in which you work. Give us your web address and where we can find to buy online
4: as well if we can't get into store. Yeah, so it's hugglepets.co.uk, and all of our products are on there. Um, and then obviously we're on all the socials. Uh, just search Huggle Pets, and you'll, yeah. you'll find us. So Facebook, Instagram, so on and so forth.
1: And, and everything on there is cute and fluffy, which is the well, apart from the, the reptiles there left. So, but they are still yeah, amazing to see, and it's well worth a look. So check it out. Check out all the work that's going on. And uh, thank you for your continued work for the community in our city.
4: Thanks, Jason. Nice to speak to you.
1: All kicking off on the 16th of February, it is the Mary Stevens Hospice Panto. This year, we have Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Uh, Will Phipps uh, is going to introduce me to everything that's going on. Hello, sir, tell me what's happening, please. Hello, Jason, all right? All right. Just ignore the background
5: noise, They're they, they are what I think they have. So we are some of the cast for Snow White and Seven Dwarves. Mary Stevens Hospice, to my far left, is Wally Wombat and he will be treading the boards again as the lovely Dame Annie
1: and, and has the shoes to match, which is which is looking okay. good. Yeah. You always wear those, don't you? I do. I've just been shopping, that, that's understandable. <laughs> and then
5: we've got our lovely Bradley.
1: Hello, hello, from hello.
5: ITV's X Factor and plenty of other things. I'm sure you'll tell you about that. I'll go on anything, he's playing <laughs> He's playing the aide de camp, so the, the
1: Queen's sidekick. It's very hard for me to act camp. <laughs> yeah, but, you, but you're working on it, which is what you've nearly got it down, so that's always do task. Naturally, then bro. we've What's got the Lindsay
5: Vickers, she'll be treading the boards once again as our
1: princess. You, 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 you oh, forgot what? the legendary Lindsay Vickers, that's right. Uh,
5: uh, oh, I'll pay you later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got ITV Stephen Ritchie.
1: How you doing, Jason? i oh, good, you're all right, mate. I'm very well, thank you. I'm even better seeing you. Well, it all helps, doesn't it? Anything for life's rich tapestry. And uh, you get to be uh, somewhat t- charming, I'm going to guess. Well, for once, yeah, because I'm always playing the comic-ease role. But I am. I'm Prince Charming. Uh, who would have thought with a face like this? Well, you've got the teeth for it, which is what counts. So yeah. it's yeah. going to be an absolutely awesome show. We know that already. And uh, you've also got many other star alongside this fantastic lineup as well. Yes, who have we got, Lindsay? Who's playing your magical mirror? We
5: have got the um, black country favourite, Beverly Knight, as our magic mirror, and she is fabulous, baby. She
1: is. She's an absolutely wonderful person, a lovely performer. I've seen her in Panzerhead before, and I know it's going to be well worth a look just to see Beverly alone without even you lot there, and you lot are going to make it amazing. So, uh, th- 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 Will, tell us about your role, because you haven't mentioned that bit. Uh,
5: so I play the comedy part, uh, Muddle, Snow White's best friend and the son of Nurse Annie. Um and basically, yeah, we're just there for Snow White um, to keep her smiling and happy when she's got Evil Queen next to her, who doesn't want her to be there, but she is there, but she's not there. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. In fact, that we're just the- there to get changed.
1: That's probably one of the strangest uh, approached versions of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs I think I've ever heard. But Will, uh, thank you for bringing something new to the show today. Uh, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and uh in itself, obviously, this it is all raising funds for the uh, Mary Stevens Hospice, which is the important bit. And I think you did amazing things last time round, so you're really looking forward to being back and doing it now.
2: Definitely, yes. Mm-hmm. It's been too long since we've done it due to the COVID, mm-hmm. uh, so we're raring to go. Well, That's I
5: good, am. I am as
1: well. We, we all are, we are. We're all raring.
5: Oh, yes, we are. We're
1: just all rare. <laughs> oh, no, we're not. Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> oh, dear. So uh, let's go Let's go, Bradley then. Bradley, tell us what is going on in your world apart from Panto at the moment. We'll go there first. Do you know what? I've started
5: moving into the beauty industry, so I'm doing makeup outside of um, Pantomime. <laughs> I've got my finger in many pies, you mm. see. This oh, is it.
1: For <laughs> one <laughs> moment it's grease paint, and the next minute it's fine eyeliner. <laughs> exactly. And I've
5: become a little bit of a TikToker... Uh, Sensation say sensation. Others would say something
1: else. But you know, I like to do a viral video here and there. Do you know what I mean? Okay, that's something to look forward to. We can keep an eye out for that one. Uh there's and, and Stevie, obviously, when you're not on telly as well, yeah. mean, you're off uh, yeah, performing all over the country. Yeah, how do you know? Have you been? Uh yeah, I'm, um, I do a lot of gigs. I'm straight in after this one. We're on
2: tour with Bobby Davro doing the Wizard of Oz. So uh playing Tin Man. Of all things. So, yeah, I know, right? Um, So, yeah, and then a couple of, well, shall I say movies? uh, Short films. Short films. uh, Porn. They want (laughs) me as well, so
1: I'm really happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) He's keeping his clothes on, we can promise you that bit. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, Lindsay, what else is going on with you?
5: Busy with dancing school, and we're also rehearsing for Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So that's coming up in April, so that's going to be good fun. Chill it
1: it is yeah, very busy. It's, it's just manic, isn't it, I think, which is the good bit.
5: Yeah, so we've had like two years off and now it's straight back in with everything. So I'll come in here and I'm listening to Priscilla in the car. I'm going to Priscilla rehearsals, listening to Snow White in the car. I don't know whether I'm coming mm-hmm. or going.
1: <laughs> and Mr <laughs> Wombat, what, is, what else is happening in your world? Uh, yes, I've been shopping. Mostly uh, for shoes, well, yeah, we've it, gathered that it, bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: basically back doing kiddies parties. they have sort of kicking back in. Uh, also, gigging of a night time, singing and doing a comedy tribute act. Um other than that, that keeps you busy and whatever, you know, and
1: shopping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the shopping, yeah. And, and, and Will, I mean, you, you haven't been shopping for years, have you? I haven't been shopping forever. James never texts me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. right. We'll have words, we can see what happens on there. James is in the gig as well, isn't he? As well,
5: <laughs> he's behind the screen. Oh, he's gone. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, James is James is playing one of the dwarves, Smiley, and he's also choreographed for the show as well. <laughs>
1: So a a good team effort. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And we say the important thing is you're raising funds. Uh, Mary Stephen Hoffsby is doing a load of great work over in Stairbridge. So uh, you've, you've, say, done brilliantly in the past. What are you aiming to pick up this year as far as funds for them goes?
5: Well, hopefully we raised 18,000 for Aladdin and that Mm -hmm. was based on eight shows. So we're doing 12 shows at the moment. Um, So hoping to raise the bar with our funds. Um, But I just need to stress that tickets are very limited already now. Uh, especially for the weekends now i think there's three seats left for the sunday matinee but there's plenty of other performances and we've just opened the wednesday night which is the 16th of feb which is our opening night and if you book six tickets the many a
1: tenner there you go that that sounds brilliant value for money yeah i'm coming on the 16th to review it i will be there yes looking forward to it actually you are always amazing on stage so we're expecting great things Hopefully on the front row. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, no, no, no I, I think my, my, my rider says I have to be somewhere near the back so other people can't see <laughs> <that's> me. That's a <laughs> shame. <laughs> It'll all be good. Okay, so those all important tickets, where do we get them from? Who's doing that?
5: Oh, very well. So you can get them by going to Dudley Borough Hall's website, their ticket office online, where you can choose your seats from the seating plan. Or if you're, if you're not as good with technology, you can give the hospice a call on 01384 377 778. And you can speak to the fundraising team and they can sort your tickets. Um, or you can find them um, on Facebook, on the Pantomime page. That's the Mary Stevens Hospice Pantomime Company page. Yes. You can so tell you're not fun. reading
1: that, which is, would have been better, to be fair. But uh, so all looking good. Uh, give us the full dates because 16th is opening night. When's it run through until? So 16th
5: to the following Wednesday, which is the 23rd of February. And there's morning,
1: afternoon and evening shows to choose from at the moment. But limited tickets, as we say, get in there quick. That phone number again is 01384 377 778. It's all taking place at the Stairbridge Town Hall Theatre. what time are those shows? Oh, gosh, the morning shows are 10 o'clock. The evening shows are
5: 7.15, uh, 6.30 on the Sunday, uh, Two thirty on the Sunday. Um, one fifteen. One fifteen. There's, the there's a one fifteen somewhere. No idea. Go online. Have a look. <laughs> we'll be we'll there. We'll there. We'll be there. Yeah. We're we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll all staying outside the town, hall in tents. So if you see coloured tents outside, no, there's not an accident or nothing. It's just the cast. That's the way <laughs> to do it.
1: Have a fantastic time. Break a leg, and we look forward to the best panto that's going to be happening this February.
5: Thank you very much,
1: Jason. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Bye, bye Jason. Cheers, bye. The third book in the trilogy, Breaking the Tranquility of Solitude, is out there and has been for around a month or so now. Eddie Johnson joins me to let me know how it's going in the wonderful world of self-publishing that is bringing this trilogy to life. Hello, sir. Hello there. So what's going on? Um, well, um, part three came out in
0: December 2020. And what I found is when I've read back through all three parts to see how it's all gone together, that I have found the tiniest of mistakes here and there, that continuity, which I, as a, as a writer, want to put right. So uh, yeah, the trilogy's out there and people are enjoying it. But what I'm now working on is to put all three parts together, correct any tiny little errors that there are, and I want to smooth it up. One thing I noticed is that I read, uh, wrote very correctly. And a lot of it was edited by an external party. So for example, you might have, he had done this before. And I, when I read it back to myself, it sounds, oh, he had done this before, very clunky. Um, so I want to change that to, he, he'd done this before.
1: So this it's is a be... minor
0: thing, but- yeah. it, 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 It's a sort
1: of thing, develop it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. So those are the things, it won't make any difference to the story, so if you've read part one and two, don't worry, the story's not gonna change. However, what I am going to do in this fourth part, in effect, it's part one, two, and three put together, but I'm gonna do what I might call a director's cut. (laughs) So Everything that I was forced to edit out of parts one, two, and three, to condense it down to a saleable item, because each part was about 80,000 words um and i was always advised that when you write a first book or an early book in your career don't go over a hundred thousand words because people just won't buy it because it's like well i'm not going to invest my time in a writer who i've never heard of mm-hmm. if he's wrote some epic so i'll split it down into three parts which are all bite size as we've discussed before yeah um so now what i'm going to do is put it back as a trilogy and reinsert all those cut bits which don't particularly make a difference to the story and how it finishes and the intrigue but we'll add a lot of background information and and have little offshoot adventures that the guys and girls get up to on the way which i think will be nice and it's part of the whole ethics of the ethics is probably not the right word ethos of the whole thing is that there's a lot of Um, similarity to things that I've done and films that I've watched and books that I've read. So I'll now be able to explore all those in full in this director's cut, which is what all the filmmakers do. But usually when you get a director's cut, it's never any different from the original, but this will be a lot bigger and longer.
1: So now I, I see this maybe not as a film, more as a a, a series, and uh, I think there's a, a potential for a, a, at least a mini series from each of the books as they stand at the moment. So uh, this again, I feel you, you're probably you know not a million miles away from TV rights for this.
0: Well, I'd love to think that that would be the case, uh, and and I genuinely think, not being big-headed or anything like that, but I tend to think that it would be episodic on chapters, mm-hmm. it would potentially be three mini mini-series, and each mini-series is one, each episode of each miniseries would be one chapter because the way I wrote it was all based around certain circumstances, dreams and films and songs that have influenced me. So each chapter, although leads on to the next chapter and is part of the story, it's individually um, based around certain specific items. Mm-hmm. So could quite easily be episodic in that respect. And, and yeah, it'd be absolutely brilliant. But The big thing is that you've got to get people to see it. And Mm -hmm. the one thing I've not been able to do, particularly because of my skill set and also because of finance, is marketing. Uh, And a book won't sell itself because, as you probably realize, and as most other people will realize, there's 50 billion books out there, Mm -hmm. all mostly on Amazon and in bookshops. Well, obviously, because I haven't got an agent and I'm self-published, I haven't got any opportunity to be in bookshops. So I'm solely sold online in places like Waterstones and Amazon. Well, obviously on Amazon, if you type my name in, you'll get me straight to the top. But what's the chances of a person who's looking for a fantastic sci-fi book typing the name Eddie Johnson into their computer? You know, it's none. So if they go searching for a sci-fi adventure, I'll be 90 millionth down on the list. (laughs) Not because I'm no good. It's because I've done no marketing. Yeah. Uh, so, unless you've got somebody who's got a few hundred thousand to do a marketing campaign like David Williams, where you'll definitely be top and everybody will buy your book, even if it's not very good. And I'm not saying that David Williams' books aren't <laughs> very good because they are brilliant. But uh, you see, my point is that sometimes you have to be famous to be famous. Mm-hmm. well uh, he's a, he's we are we here
1: which is what counts and uh, yeah absolutely uh, <laughs> that's what bigger platform
0: part. could I have Jason?
1: Well, this is it <laughs> so uh give us the, the 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 brief potted history of the story so people know what they're buying into here so we really just a starting point because as you say, these extra bits that you're putting in it, it's all character driven and, and that is really what you're doing here it's all about the personality of the people that you're telling the tale of
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, to recap very briefly, um, the main character is a character called uh, Brodie Martins. And the background for him is that he, he lives his life vicariously through film and, film and music. So anything happens and he'll tend to quote a film. If something bad happens and he knows it's going to be an insurmountable task. He might come out with the classic, oh, we're going to need a bigger boat. Obviously, <laughs> reference to Jaws, yeah. and that type of thing. So he lives his life like that and very humour-based. So he struggles with relationships in terms of seriousness. Uh, He gets a new job in this fantastic uh, setup where he becomes part of a team trying to solve some transportation issues with uh, a little bit like the fly type of pod transporters. Mm -hmm. He's dealing with that and he falls in love with the uh, company secretary. But because of his humor and the way he is, he can't progress that relationship too well because she doesn't take him seriously. So he makes then, concentrating on her, a a, a basic error in one of his computations and something that he does when he does this one final test before he goes to a massive meeting with his bosses that's potentially going to change the world as we know it with this transport system. He makes the error and he's thrown into a complete new reality right across time and, and space and he doesn't know where he is. And then everything that happens is influenced by his mistake. Obviously I can't tell you what the mistake is because that's what influences the whole of the story. Everything that happens is influenced by that one mistake. And if you're reading the book, gradually you might realize what that mistake was. And if you don't, it hits you like a hammer on the last page to tell you what it is and oh, that's what it was.
1: So well, well worth the read. I know your writing's excellent because I've read some of it and everything. Uh, so it's, uh, it's certainly one to get yourself into. Where do people find you online to be able to buy the book? And, of course, where does anybody who's looking at making this into a film get in touch and uh, maybe try and work out the miniseries rights?
0: Yeah, well, okay. so um, people can follow me and make comments and and share me and like me and all this other stuff on um, Instagram where I'm Eddie Johnson Author. They can then, if they want to contact me, get me an email, which is info at edjpublishing.com. That's EDJ as in Ed and Johnson. So EDJ Edge, great, the way it Mm -hmm. says edge, because it's edgy. (laughs) So www.edjpublishing.com is the website and info at edjpublishing.com is the email address. And people can find me on Facebook and Twitter and everything's all around EDJ Publishing or my name, Eddie Johnson. And, and the join the group is as well. called Breaking the Tranquility of Solitude.
1: Yeah, look, look for the group Breaking the Tranquility of Solitude on Facebook yep. and you can get... Uh, it, it, there are no spoilers, but there, there is kind of background material and, uh, and, and, and madness that fits alongside this book.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, the book is around anything you can imagine that you've ever watched on film or listened to on music, there may be a reference to it. Uh, the the character is always singing little lines of a song because it, it, it appeals to him that that's uh, relevant to something that's happening. Uh, he'll quote film quotes. Uh, for example, one of the times he, he's waiting for something to happen and he says to his mate, let's stand back here and get into character. <laughs> I
1: don't
0: know if that rings a bell with you, but that, that's a direct quote from Pulp Fiction where um, John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson are waiting to burst in on the guys who are doing the drugs deal. And he says, let's stand back here and get into character. So these sort of things, most people won't even notice them, but somebody will notice one of them. So it, it, anybody it, who's reading will always have something that they can <laughs> dig into. Uh, but a lot of it is around heavy rock music. So uh, if you like heavy rock music, you might find a lot of references.
1: It's almost like we need a, a full list of, of, of what they are to, to try and mark them off. So we know what's in there. we just got to try and spot the line. Or it yeah. just, just works out the bingo game on their own and, uh, <laughs> and does that with their friends and family, that would be a good giggle. But Eddie, always good to speak to you. Thank you for joining us. Keep up the good work, and uh, we look forward to having a, a chat when you have that director's cut ready out there for people to read.
0: Okay, it will be some time before that comes out because I'm still currently just editing the final three to get all those mistakes out. And when that's done, I'll put it all together as the director's cut. So we're probably going to be looking at the back end of the year.
1: They're, they're, they're not mistakes. What they are is making the original editions more valuable when people sell them on when you become even more famous. That's that's what they are.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. And, that, and those non-mistaken books will be worth more if they're signed. So get in touch and uh, if you want, I'll sign
1: your uh, copy. And so, and so did that. Eddie, great speaking to you. Thanks again. See you soon, mate. No,
0: thanks very much, Jason. Take care now. Bye-bye.
1: That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me back with episode 660 next week. I'll see you then. Right Goodbye for now. Good from the mill bar. Good
0: from the mill bar. Goodbye from the milk bar, goodbye from the milk bar, yeah, goodbye from the milk bar, yeah.